Welcome to Morty Vicar, our weekly podcast about culture, theology and life, where James and I sit down and talk about a live issue and how we, as followers of Jesus, can respond. This week, we're talking about the Council of the Saints. Wayne, you read an article last week. Tell us about it. Yeah, I did. This is this is very surprising. Wayne's actually read something, so we're going to talk about that this week. So I like Unheard, and I read an article about why the nuclear family doesn't work, or how why the nuclear family has failed us. And what did it say? Well, James, do you know what the nuclear family is? Yes, because you, you 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 are pretty much it. You know, a wife, yeah. two kids, and a dog, and a dog. Yeah, yeah. but so, we went for a while. But yeah, so the nuclear family is that concept of you know, mum and a dad, two point four kids, and yeah. and living kind of like in a house on their own. And um, and operating kind of as a, an autonomous unit. Yeah. And uh, the article basically said it's an invention of uh, late modernity, uh, mainly driven because of kind of wealth. So for the first time in history in the West, it was kind of affordable for people just to kind of uh, live on their own, like as in households like that, and also kind of mobility, people moving away from where they grew up. But then they said, what happened is it hasn't worked, is because actually it's just caused a whole level of um, relational dysfunction, relational stress. And um, uh, an isolation, and then when you start adding in family breakup to it, is basically mm. in the modern Western world we're all a bit of a mess. And they said, you know, actually, if you look at where there's health in relationships in history and in the world, it's where there's something called the extended family. Yeah, which we were hearing about yesterday at our gathering with our guest speaker Kel Darman from Aarhus, who was speaking about um, what it means to love others as family, and he shared just that point. So it came to us from two different sources in the space of a week which is part of the reason why um, we're talking about it we're talking about it but it is connected to the council of the saints because i think what we what we're seeing in the life of the church now is that covid has exposed the over-reliance on the nuclear family because when we went into um isolation we were separated and um, that had its benefits um, but also um it in the period of the pandemic when we w- what we were doing was stripped back because we weren't able to do everything that we were doing before the pandemic as we've emerged from the pandemic we began to make decisions about what we are going to do with our time now that we've had a break from the things that we were doing yeah so before. so a couple of years ago everyone was like going, oh it, it's amazing because i don't have you know i've been freed from all of these requirements and i've suddenly discovered my life again and when this all ends i'm going to live differently and what's happened, I think, is some people have made some really big decisions. Yeah. Um, another article I read said everybody who's moved out of, out of the cities and into the countryside is already beginning to regret it because there was a reason they were living in cities. <laughs> um, but some people have made some really big decisions. But then other people, I think this is the one that's a little bit more worrying, have made a whole load of small decisions that are having that are beginning to have quite a big impact on their yeah. lives, like racing back to doing stuff or just finding themselves not doing stuff that they were doing before. And haven't actually thought it through. And, and and the thing that seems to be common in the big de- in the big decisions and in the small decisions, and this is why it's linked to nuclear family, is people have gone and decided on their own. Yeah. And um, people haven't brought others into we're thinking about selling our house in West London and moving to 
the Brecon Beacons or whatever yeah. it might, you know, I'm, that's, a, that's a, an example I've made up in case yeah. somebody in that situation is listening. Um, <laughs> uh, but if you are, I'd yeah. love to come and stay with you in the Breckens. Um, but, you know, but actually what seems is people have just gone, I've decided to do this. Um, and I suppose we would say as um, pastors slash professional Christians, that's quite often, it, th- that, that on one level isn't a new thing. People quite often come to us with a problem solved for yeah. us to kind of um, go, oh, great, well yeah, done. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to now affirm this decision you've taken yes. as opposed to come to us to go, we're trying to work out what to do. But we don't even want them coming to us. We want people yeah. talking about these kind of things with each other, which we'll come to in a minute. But I think we, as pastors, we also experience it in terms of um, attendance. So and we're, we're not alone in that. Attendance levels at church on Sundays have um, dropped post-pandemic, um, not just because a bunch of people have died, um, which part of that but also just because people have been making decisions about what they do with their time re-evaluating it and um, uh, also there's a need to see people that they haven't seen during the pandemic um, but but I think there's a sense uh, across church leaders that there's been a, a lowering of attendance and, and then other so, issues so that, that somebody was saying if you had uh, so one of the, the evangelical lines have done a study and have said that People who two years ago would have said they came to church two out two out of every four now come one out of every yeah. three. People who came, you know, t- uh, once a month now come maybe once every six weeks. And people who came people who came weekly actually are still very close to weekly. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but but there has been this general kind of like stretching of now what's determined regular attendance. But as we know, attendance isn't the only marker of no discipleship and we're passionate about discipleship about following jesus together and so what we're trying to tease out today is this connection between how the nuclear family has traveled through covid um or how individuals if you're not in the nuclear family how people have traveled through covid and how they have been making decisions and how an isolationist approach to decision making runs counter to the vision that the gospel gives us of how families should be. So so the nuclear family is our starting point but actually the the thing I think what you're saying is the thing we want to talk about is the fact that we in the sort of post-modern post-Christian therapeutic individualistic West and we can do a whole philosophical thing if you want to on that have made ourselves the chief protagonists in any decisions we make about us. Yeah. And and actually, as I said it, I kind of go, you know, I can feel the philosophical and cultural waters I swim in going, well, of course that's true. If, yeah. I'm making, if I am making a decision yeah. about, you know, um, yeah. buying a jumper, surely I'm the only yeah. person who needs to decide about buying that jumper. And that works its all the way up to buying a house, getting a job, um, and all that kind of thing. We are behind the curve on This Is Us. But there's an episode in This Is Us that Wendy and I just watched where two characters, and there's a whole load of decisions, yeah. and, they're, and they're talking about their lives, and it is clear that there is a level of individualistic thinking yeah. that is going to go down a very unhappy road. You know, you don't have, yeah. to, you don't have to be a script writer to see where this one's headed. Yeah. But at the core is the fact that actually happiness is found in following my heart, yeah, my, my dreams, pleasures. my pleasures, and making yeah. decisions for myself. And there's this one key moment where this person coming on, where this one person does a they they they, they do this kind of um, dramatically kind of um, symbolic act, and at the end of the act, they then make a decision, and the decision is for themselves. Yeah, uh, and um, the extreme of that 
rarely appears in the life of the church. But I think what we've noticed is that, um, to use a phrase of the, the the pandemic, you know, we're all in the same storm or ship or whatever it is, but the, the, the container of the church has two different operating systems going on within it. It has those who are disciples of Jesus and have learned to make decisions about life under the lordship of Jesus and will, as part of the discernment process in their decision-making, will bring their dilemmas to others for their wisdom before they become decisions. So that's one group. And then there's another group who perhaps don't even know that any other way exists. And and they would be folk who um, believe that Jesus is the son of God, believe that he rose from the dead, believe that he died to save them from their sins, believe all the creedal elements of the Christian faith, but haven't learned how to make decisions um, that are based on God's guidance for their lives. So in the in the big things of life, um, like um, uh, marriage, um, like uh, employment, living conditions, where you live, all, all those, you know, um, uh, family, all those kind of decisions are made um, perhaps with a, with a, an understanding of what the Christian faith says about those things, but without inviting him, Jesus, into those decisions and weirdly, through think, other people. So I was going to say, weirdly, I think um, we, we can be very guilty as Christians of living kind of, uh, I, was gonna, I don't think it means quietly, but bipolar lives around this. So thinking about the life of our church at the moment and decisions that we're taking as um, with regards to buildings and where we mm. might be in the future, pretty much everybody I speak to, you know, you're saying, well, what do we, what, what do we think God wants for the church? And, yeah. and when we talk about using um, from Alpha the five CSs to help the PCC discern where God's yeah. speaking, you know, we're casting out for what does the Council of Saints say? What does common sense say? Where, where are the prophetic words? And we're doing that as we think about us as a church, and where we might be physically in the coming years. Yeah. Um, but I wonder how many of us who will very readily do that for this thing about church wouldn't do the same process in any way to yeah. the same level of robustness. Is robustness yeah. a word? Um, uh, about something to do with our own life. Yeah. And I think what we are noticing, therefore, is that there's the, the isolation that came to all of us through the pandemic has exposed where people are intent regardless of circumstance on seeking the wisdom of other christians for the decisions that they're making so one of those five cs's so it's commanding scripture um, compelling spirit common sense circumstantial signs and council of the saints well remember james the council of the saints um, is when we when we seek the guidance of God and we go to others and we ask other Christians, saints, what they think about the situation that we are facing. And what we're observing is that the the council of the saints is a crucial dynamic for how we live under the lordship of Jesus. And some Christians have got that and other Christians haven't quite. And the, the pandemic has essentially exposed that. Um, because we're re- we've gone through a, a series of having, uh, well, through the pandemic of having 
things taken away from us and then people have returned to life or um, returned to life post-pandemic and have started making decisions and making decisions afresh and so how those decisions have been made is exposed in a way that it wasn't before and a lot of people have been making those decisions in as you said a kind of in, in the isolated nuclear family which has been deemed to not be working by a, a few figures yeah or haven't been making decisions have just been kind of um kind of finding themselves going with the flow and then and the thing about going with the flow is you find yourself downstream so uh it's very so we uh, we keep pausing because we're clergy so therefore we're talking you know whenever we talk about church attendance i always feel like we can be a bit passive aggressive because <laughs> we're, we're inviting you to turn up to our show but actually the bible's very clear you know do not give up meeting together the writer yeah. of the hebrew says and that actually uh, we've been thinking about this in church the last few sundays that uh, paul to the ephesians says when you come together something happens that is different from when you're uh, not together you become your living stones in the temple whereby yeah. where god dwells and so there's a, there's a sense that church is not about coming to a show it's about coming together to be the people of god to declare this is where you know this is this is you want to go and find god get yourself to church on a sunday where his people yeah. are it doesn't mean you can't find him in the rest of the week where we're serving a course but actually there's something the bible's very clear about meeting together and about declaring who god is and worship and and teaching and, and admonishing and all that kind of stuff and i wonder if um we kind of you might have been in the habit or we might have all been in the habit of going and then we were in the habit of not going or we were in the habit of what might have happened of logging online when it suited us. And yeah. so therefore we got into this habit in the pandemic of I will do church on a Sunday, and I'll do, but I can do it at the time I get up in my pyjamas. And so therefore switching back into I have to get out of bed and get dressed or whatever and church yeah, is only yeah. at a certain time is quite hard. And I might not have made the decision not to go, but I suddenly find myself a year into church being back together and realise I've, I've been once every six weeks and I don't quite know how I got there. And we would contend that those decisions are connected to how well you perform the faith on a Tuesday and a Wednesday. So yeah. it's not actually about attendance, it's about a whole life of discipleship and how you're sustaining what it yeah. means to follow Jesus with others. But then but then, but back to the individualistic thing is we live in a culture whereby um, we've, we don't readily give one another permission to go, I didn't see you there yeah. whether that's whether that is yeah little church so yeah. actually i'm a member of i'm a member of the little church that hangs out with all the skateboarders at the park yeah we don't have one of those that's why i'm using this example and we've said that actually if you're going to be in that team yeah. it's really good that you at least hang out with the skateboarders every couple of weeks yeah. uh, and then you suddenly realize there's somebody on the skateboarding team who's only hanging out with the skateboarders once every four to six weeks yeah but then we go oh they're very busy and it's really yeah. good they turn up once every four to six weeks as opposed to saying actually guys we we did agree that the bar was set once every two yeah. weeks to build relationship to tell to tell these guys about Jesus. Yeah, and we don't, we just we, oh, I don't want I don't want to cause a steen and I don't want to you know I don't know what's going yeah. on for them so I don't want to challenge them. So I think we carry a vision um, for family life that was affirmed by what Kel said yesterday um, that it, that involves brothers and sisters walking together as followers of Jesus and and being able to encourage one another along the way and to be able to walk into the the difficulties of life as, as Kel said yesterday you know the, the the longer you walk into the Christian life the more problems there are the more the more people you have in church the more problems there are and and we want to hold out a, a vision of of discipleship that isn't individualistic is um, a, a church it is a people walking together and following Jesus and standing with each other in the the suffering and the pain of life and and standing alongside each other and and 
but also encouraging one another in, in the challenges and, and speaking into situations where we, we say, oh, I, 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 how, how, how are you going to resolve that scenario? So, yeah, so we've, we've got the word on our piece of paper, we've got the word like permission, which is actually giving people permission to speak into your life. But yeah. actually you can, people can only have permission to speak into your life if they're truly kind of your life is open to them. Yeah. So, so two examples just jump out is 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 my journey to my journey not towards depression, but to be to it being identified was when mm. somebody who was living in our house who wasn't from my nuclear family because that's one of the things we've yeah. been doing in our house said to me, "I don't think you're well." Yeah. Um, and they they noticed that because they know people like that, yeah. so they noticed what Wendy hadn't yet noticed. And if yeah. we'd been a nuclear family, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. And then other people who live with us where we invited them in because we knew that there was stuff that they needed to work on that we, <laughs> not arrogantly, we knew we could help them with. Yeah. And that's been the case. Um, but, but but in those those relationships where permission was given, it was because relationship and family existed. Yeah. Not just a kind of, I'm going to step in from on high and go, I see this in your life. And you yeah. need to be with people and know them and love them and then the permission is possible. And, and be willing to submit to one another, yeah. which is a, a key word. In, in Ephesians 5 it's often the verse that people miss out and they get angry about the verses that follow um, but I think it's 5 verse 21 submit to one another out of reverence to Christ it's 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 a verse that leads us to an understanding that that actually um, our worship of Jesus involves us um, submitting to one another and making sure that in the decisions that we make we're seeking each other's counsel which requires a humility of us um but also recognition that we are responsible to one another so you and i are responsible to each other and when um when we <laughs> when my wife says have you spoken to james about who's having which sunday off <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those, yeah, yeah those kind yeah, of my wife does the same as well um, but but also when it when it came to fostering nikki and i knew that in the first two um, years of fostering the the sacrifice that we had made as a family had meant that there was a sacrifice that you and Wendy had had to make in terms of ministry and picking up um, uh, things that I had to drop in order to deal with situations like one of them being in hospital um, which was a really complicated scenario but then when it came to the point where we were had said we were going to take a month off after the second child um, we then found ourselves two weeks in facing the um, the offer of a third child um, at, at three weeks and not at a month um, and not con contemplating what to do after a month and I can remember very clearly sitting on the side of a bed reading the text message um, knowing that Nikki and I would need to talk about it um, but also knowing that whether, you know, if Nikki and I said, yes, we were up for this, we would need to talk to you and to Wendy about whether we were going to do this ahead of the time that we had said we would. We would need your counsel about whether you thought this was the right thing for us to do because our household was bound up with your household very practically in terms of a responsibility, but also in terms of what it would mean for us to follow Jesus. And, with that, and that's, that's the big point because... Because actually in that moment, and I can remember that, there is a sense where it would it's very easy, it would have been very easy, um, 
when I say it's very easy because I can remember the temptation the to, to go to do a couple of things. Number one is to go, well, this is how Wendy and I would make the decision. Yeah. And the thing I've, knowing you and Nikki, I know that your marriage um, is a good one, but it's not one that neither Wendy and I could inhabit. It's the one that James yeah. and Nikki inhabit. Well, so we don't want you in it, so that's okay. <laughs> but you know what I mean, is in terms of actually, yeah. we can't go, these are the Massey values, this is yeah, how yeah, the Masseys yeah. do life, therefore yeah. you should do this, because yeah, yeah. the Stevensons yeah. are a little different. Yeah. So that's the first thing, actually, yeah. is, is in, in you seeking our advice, you're not asking what the Masseys would do, Yeah. crucially. Secondly, I also had to park... You know my desire for you know you to, you to do some work. James, yes, I know. To be quite honest, I know. And the council that, but that's the purpose of the council saying is is actually what is the Lord doing in James and Nikki and Jacob and Matthew in this season, yeah. and what is he saying is and in, what is he saying is his good for them. Yeah, and that's when and that's the bit is I think we fear the council of saints because we fear people coming from. It's back to a post um, post Christian postmodern individualistic mindset if i ask somebody else what they think they're going to tell me what they think yeah but actually the point of family in the council of saints is they're going to help me find out what god thinks yeah uh, and that's and it, that's that's the crucial difference i'm not asking advice from a whole bunch of people who have a, a completely different set of values i'm drawing the family of faith around me and saying what is it we should be doing you know in worship and prayer the church in antioch the lord said send out um uh, barnabas and paul you yeah. know, actually, it, the sense that the church speaks and speaks what God is up to in your life, not what I think you should be doing. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's really important. So we need to give permission to others to speak into our lives yeah. in order to truly operate under the lordship of Jesus, because we're giving him an opportunity to speak into our lives through other people. And this back to the nuclear family thing, and this is this is because the challenge is, you know, you read an article in on her that says the nuclear family is dead, and you go, oh no, what I need to do is I need to pick up the phone to my brother in Cornwall, my brother in Waterford, my brother in Cork, and I need to talk to my parents, you know, yeah. in my case, in yet another country, yeah, yeah. and I need to get back to family, 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 family. Yeah. Was actually the Bible says you have been drawn into a new extended yeah, yeah, family yeah. Uh, of every tribe and every tongue, and so actually I need to I need I need to lean into the family of God and the family of yeah. faith. Yeah, because that is they are the people they are they are my family, and we don't always need to lean on the relationships that we've had for a long time. So the example that I've just given comes out of a relationship that we've had over fifteen years, but actually we can trust that the people that he's called us to serve alongside will be given wisdom for the situation that we face. So yeah. we we would want to lean on the council of the saints and the saints that we've known for a long time, but also the council of the saints that God has put us with. Then we get to, the, so give, we need to give permission, but then um, given that we've got a church in which we've got two operating systems, those operating under the Lordship of Jesus in the decisions and those not operating under the Lordship of Jesus, um, how, how do those who are help influence those who aren't so clearly operating under his Lordship? And, and that doesn't always involve being given permission to do that. So... Sometimes we need to be prepared to walk into a situation where we're not given permission and um, break a few eggs, shall we say, um, because actually the other person and their walk with God matters to us enough that we would be prepared to maybe upset them, um, maybe make things a bit awkward because we're bringing something to them 
um, that actually they don't want to hear. And of course, we want to make sure that we're not um, uh, removing the speck in someone else's eye before we've taken the plank out of our own. And we want to make sure that we come out of submission and humility. Um, all of those things, we want to wrestle with others about you know how how do you do these things well so it's not it says back to it's not i th- i think you're doing something wrong because i wouldn't do it this way yeah um it's back to it's back to it's back to the gospels that say in terms of how i see you living your life i think there's a gospel implication so yeah. so peace is hanging out at antioch uh which is where the kind of the gentile church really kicks off and acts yeah um, after the persecution that followed the um stoning of stephen and a bunch of guys come up from Jerusalem who are Jewish Christians and who love the Jewish law. They appear in all of the letters at various different points um, and follow the Jewish practices. Uh, and Peter, who we know is easily swayed because we've read the Gospels, yeah. um, starts kind of slightly disassociating himself with the Gentile Christians in Antioch where he's been. Uh, it's a bit like you and I, like, you know, like doing like low church and then yeah. finding ourselves like, you know, hanging out in the cathedral going, yeah. oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start robing up because they want yeah. me to robe up. Um, I'm not saying. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to stop that, that illustration <laughs> there before I get before I get a, a CDM. If you don't know what a CDM is, yeah. it doesn't matter. Anyway. Um, but but he starts he starts hanging out with these Jewish Christians and currying favor with them. And then Paul rocks up and basically Paul just says like, "What are you playing at?" And he calls Peter out. He says he says to the Gentiles when he to the Gentiles sorry he says to the Galatians in his letter, "I opposed him to his face," mm. which actually is in public. Why? Because actually, Peter, I see that what you're doing is is not a gospel way of living. Um, mm. Because actually, we've said that the Gentiles um, and how they live as Christians is to mm. be affirmed, and you've chosen to live that way and not a Jewish mm. way. So, what are you doing? So, he, he, for the sake of the gospel and the lordship of Jesus, he is willing to um, uh, put his relationship with Peter at mm. risk because he doesn't know how Peter's going to respond. But it's for the sake of the lordship of Jesus, and that's the bit where, if you are in a, a loving relationship with somebody, or if it's a gospel relationship. Mm. When we come uh, and we step in, we hopefully step in in love, yeah, with clarity. But it's about the gospel, not about I think you're doing wrong. Yeah. Um. So, I had an example of this about, well, a number of years ago. I won't name it because then people won't be able to guess um, who I'm talking about. With a, a friend who was behaving in a way that that a few people could spot was unhealthy and was not a, a sign of the commitment that they had made um, prior to that point. Um, and um, I knew that I needed to say, hang on, I don't think this is okay. Uh, and uh, I made sure that um, I was coming in love and, connecting before correcting all that kind of stuff but actually it got to the 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 crux of the issue and um that person was grateful for the fact that i had bothered to address that issue and though they weren't necessarily filled with joy because of it i think they can look back now with gratitude that that intervention came Equally, I can tell stories of where that has happened and it it hasn't been received well. But I also know that with that person and with others, because I broke through in those situations where there wasn't permission given and and essentially busted in, I know that 
I've given them permission to come back in the other direction um, and, and to speak into my life when I'm not giving them permission. Um, so I think we we need to recognise the nuclear family doesn't work. We need to see that actually the Bible calls us to a different way of living. And we need to see that in the church there are people who are operating under the lordship of Jesus in the decisions that they're making and that are giving permission to others. But then there are others who are not giving permission to others to speak into their lives. And so it's incumbent on those of us who understand what it means to live under the lordship of Jesus and in his freedom because we're following him and we're pursuing the life that he has given to us and trusting in him in difficult times. It's incumbent upon us to speak into others' lives humbly, gently and submissively um, even when they don't give us permission. And we're not all doing this perfectly. No. Um, and so it's not a, this isn't two people who go, look at our amazing no. extended families, permission giving, <laughs> permission receiving, <laughs> accountable lives. It's no. going, actually, we see the Bible is calling us to this yeah. way of living. Let's all pursue it together. Thanks for listening.